Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where investors with a special emphasis on couples begin, continue, and deepen their journey to financial freedom together using the powerful vehicle of real estate investing to do it. Today, we have very special guests on the show. We have Trevor and Lisa McGregor with us. Trevor is a high-performance master coach with over 30,000 hours of coaching experience under his belt, and he's worked with clients from around the world, including Fortune 500 executives, high-level real estate investors, entrepreneurs, world-class athletes, and business professionals, and they all come to him for one reason, life-changing transformation. In addition to running his own private coaching practice, Trevor was the master platinum coach with Tony Robbins Group. And prior to that, he spent over 20 years in, cor- in a corporate setting, working as the executive director of operations. And his wife, Lisa, is a coach, speaker, and best-selling children's author. She's lived and worked around the globe in places like London, Brisbane, and has built multiple six- and seven-figure businesses internationally. And her most recent success was her incredible children's book called A New Alphabet for Humanity, and it's become a global sensation. In addition to that, she's very excited as she's about to release her newest book as well called I Can Change the World. Trevor and Lisa are also active and passive real estate investors holding assets in the portfolio that range from single-family homes in Canada to numerous multifamily apartment syndications all over the U.S., including self-storage units as well. So Trevor, Lisa, it's an honor to have you guys on the show. How are things today? Well, thank you very much. It's just incredible to have you share our bios. And I want to start off by saying behind every great man is an even greater woman. So (laughs) if if there's uh, one thing that's a common thread, and and obviously it's great couple to couple to have this this interaction is, uh, yeah, we're on a journey. We're doing great. And we're just excited to be on the show with you guys. Excellent. It's such an honor to have you guys on. And thank you for the time. And uh, let's just jump right in here. So Trevor and Lisa, you guys are coaches, you're speakers, you've done a lot of great work in helping mentor other people. Can you guys talk about, and maybe, you know, if if one, one person goes first and then the other goes after that, can you talk about where this passion came from? Because after that, I want to kind of set the stage for how important coaching is for any type of entrepreneurs. But first I want to start with how you guys got your passion so we can get a little bit background to where you guys came from. That's a fun story, actually, a very fun story. In okay. fact, we just we just went to Whistler for the weekend, the ski resort locally here. And we had this amazing weekend where we were actually talking about how far we've come in the last 10 years. And it's such an incredible exercise if you, you kind of write out the timeline of your life and where you were and where you are. And because sometimes we're always so focused on the horizon. And, you know, it just became really clear to us this weekend, just beyond our wildest dreams, you know, what we've created And it's not so much about what we've created, but for us, we're very driven by impact. And, you know, it's kind of probably no surprise, but we actually met at a personal development conference, you know, over a decade ago. In fact, 12 years ago, I was living in Australia at the time. Uh, Trevor was here in Vancouver and we signed up for this program called the having it all challenge. And we were both these go-getters. We were working in corporate, but we had a deep desire. We wanted to, we wanted to work for ourselves you know, and we were terrified of this idea of leaving a six-figure income to branch out and do our own thing. We were just terrified of that. So we signed up for this program because we knew it was possible. And, uh, and that's really, you know, that's kind of, we're kind of giving you the long story short. That's really where we met was through this program. And uh, we both flew to San Diego over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And we were part of this conference. And that's where like, we just went, oh gosh, like we're on a soul path here. Like we're meant to be together. We're meant to join forces. And I've always said that it's so interesting when you get into relationship because there's the Hollywood romance side of a relationship where, you know, you fall in love and it's all, you know, starry eyed and you love this person. But to me, there's a bigger purpose behind a relationship. And so for me, it became really clear after getting to know Trevor and realizing, wow, like he's the most amazing guy I'd ever met. This was even before we kind of started our courting process. But I realized, wow, like actually we have a bigger purpose behind our relationship. And it's only now that that's become clear to us that that whole purpose was about growing and and evolving ourselves and then being able to grow and evolve and help others and really help the world. And that's what we always wanted to do. 
this is very powerful, you guys, and, and it struck a chord with me as well, because this is also telling the audience that there's someone out there for you. They may yeah. be across the entire planet, but there's someone out there for you, right? Uh, and you just so happen to find each other at a conference. And thank you for that story. I wanted to actually back up a little bit further behind that. I wanted to understand a little bit how you guys got your passionate start into personal development, because it seems like there was a common thread there that brought you to this event. So can you guys tell us a little bit about that as well? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we were both born with this insatiable appetite to really go out there and discover the world. I mean, Lisa's very well traveled. And for me, I was always someone who would lift up rocks and look underneath them and start businesses. And when Lisa was a kid, she'd start businesses. And so I think that we really, you know, have this entrepreneurial drive. And I think for anyone that has entrepreneurial drive, there's always another level to get to. I, you know, I teach a concept called the ladder of success, right? And so I think when you start out at something, you know, you're good at it, but why just be good when you can go up a notch to what we call great? Or why stay at great when you can move to outstanding? Or even why be outstanding and, you know, when you could go to extraordinary or extraordinary? So I think both of us would read books, we'd go to events, we'd listen to audio programs. I mean, back in the day, it was, you know, cassette tapes and then CDs. And I think that we just continually were always searching for a better way to understand who we are. But even more importantly, how can we understand how other people think and behave so that we could help them get what they want? And that's really been a lifelong passion of both of ours. And here we are, you know, years later, decades later, really doing it, you know, at a high level with people all over this beautiful blue planet. Maybe I can add to that as well. I think, you know, Trevor and I found each other at a really interesting time in our lives where we were kind of at a crossroads because we had achieved a level of success in our careers that, you know, most people would want to achieve, right? You get to a level of income and status in what you do. And we were like, uh-oh, it was kind of like, is this all there is, right? So, you know, and it's so funny, actually, because we grew up in the same city, which is absolutely hilarious. We're from the same city in Canada. We did not grow up with silver spoons, you know, both of our parents did not have a lot of money growing up, but we were driven, right? And so then when we got to this point, as I was talking about the big income, the big paycheck, you know, the status, and we were like, wait a minute, is this all there is? And so we found ourselves in that inquiry when we met, it was like, okay, yes, we want to have it all. It would be great to have this and that. But our purpose has kind of gotten, how can I say, like it evolved from that place. It was like, okay, all the money in the world, you know, is that going to make you happy? And that really led us down the path of like, what does it take to feel fulfilled in your work? Right. And what does it take to, to do something that's meaningful? You know, for 10 years, I tell the story about how I would write in my journal, how can I make a meaningful difference to the health and well-being of people and the planet? And I've literally wrote that in my journal religiously for 10 years. And, you know, after you live in those sorts of questions, like, how can I help people? How can I make a difference? And we're still on that journey, figuring it out. You know, I mean, there's, there's always another level of impact, but what we both realized is that it's the impact that drives us now. And the vehicles for creating the impact happen to be entrepreneurship, real estate, that sort of thing. Right. So we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. <laughs> so what I want to do you guys right now, I'm going to ask you guys, obviously you're in a happy, committed relationship, a marriage. And as you guys are working on your own businesses together, I want to talk about how important a marriage is. So there's a lot of dimensions to what a marriage comprises when you both have your own businesses, but you're also sharing a relationship together. So I guess maybe I want to open it up to you guys and just have you advise us, the listeners, on what makes it work while you're married. How were you guys working with each other's businesses and how were you guys able to make it all like, how were you able to work with each other to get even higher levels of achievement together than you would have differently apart? Yeah, Derek, that's a, a great question. And I think that it all boils down to us, you know, doing this work where we understand that, you know, everybody has their own MOW and an MOW is their model of the world, right? It's the lenses you see through. It's the the headphones you're listening through, it's the fingers you're touching with. And I think that first of all, we respect each other's you know, individual model of the world because that's made up of three things. It's our beliefs, our values, and our rules. And Lisa's got a really unique set of beliefs, values, and rules, as do I. 
And sometimes, you know, we're in, I guess they, they speak to each other. And sometimes, and that's the beautiful thing about being a husband and wife in business is you have a little bit of separation and one goes a little bit this way and the other one a little bit this way. So I think we've been able to really realize, you know, that we all have our unique lenses that we see through. And oftentimes she points out things to me in real estate or in business that I hadn't thought of. And oftentimes I'll do the same with her. So I really do believe at the end of the day, we're all conscious creators and that we're all here on purpose and with purpose to give our gifts to ourselves, to our spouses, our children, our clients, real estate investors and humanity. So I think just having that difference of perspective is what allows us to you know, continue to get to new heights. I think one of the beautiful things about being in relationship and business together is for it personally, for me, it's like, I feel like we infuse confidence in one another. So it's like where you might be struggling. Right. And I've been on a roller coaster, like my company scaled really fast last year and I was kind of freaking out. Right. And I was like, Trevor, Trevor, you know, like I needed him. I needed him so much because I was so vulnerable to what I created and, and how it was getting out in the world. And I was like, you know, just having that partner to, to infuse that sense of confidence. Uh, but it's also a very complex relationship because if you would have asked Trevor and I five years ago, would we work together in each other's businesses? We were like, no way, because <laughs> we were so different. Right. And, and it's, it's so amusing because at one point we were just laughing, saying like, there's just no way we could work together operationally. And now like, it's so funny because we've worked through all of this journey together in building our businesses. And we found this rhythm that totally works. Right. And it's beautiful. And I, I just say like, it's not for the faint hearted to go through, a, you know, marriage, business relationship, raising young kids, but it's the most rewarding and exciting journey you can have as well. So I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting that. And also what I heard you say was sometimes differences are actually a strength. And especially if you're using those differences as access points into deeper connection, deeper conversation. Can you share maybe a story or a moment where, especially for our listeners who are kind of starting their journey on getting together on the same page, really cultivating their vision together about how to maybe move past the initial resistance of like getting on the same page? Oh, I love that. What I would say, well, you want to go first, because I love the question, first of all, Sophie, so thank you for asking, but we're big believers in, you know, the law of polarity. And if you understand what the law of polarity is, it's like the law of gravity. It's the law. You can't argue it. I mean, if you jump off the roof of your house, you're going to go down. Well, the law of polarity is a law that says you can't have one thing on the planet without having the polar opposite. And I'll give you some examples. Because you can't have day without night. You can't have black without white. You can't have masculine energy without feminine energy. And you can't have the North Pole without the South Pole. Therefore, I can't just have my model of the world or my vision for something without perhaps Lisa having something on the other side of that. And so I think, you know, the story that I would tell is oftentimes what I see in a real estate deal or in a business opportunity. And we're also impact investors. So we're oftentimes looking for great places to take some of this abundance that we've you know, been blessed to receive because boy, it didn't happen in a straight line. I mean, entrepreneurship, as you guys know, has been like a roller coaster, but we really take a look at what we want to do individually. And I get a little bit of that you know, masculine energy and she brings that beautiful feminine energy and gives a different perspective. It's almost like you know, a river where, you know, a river is, is really whitewater rapids at one part, that's me. And then the minute you go over a waterfall, there's a peaceful, serene flow. So it's more like a little bit of hustle, a little bit of flow, a little bit of hustle, a little bit of flow, like a beautiful river. And then guess what? That flips on its head where now she's in the hustle and I find a little bit of flow. So it's a beautiful thing for couples to really understand and realize that at the end of the day, you want to embrace that hustle and that flow, because that's what nature is about. Really? It's really just like a beautiful river that flows. And I think that's a really important point. It's really honoring the masculine and the feminine. And I think this is a real challenge, particularly for women, because, you know, our nature and our essence tends to be the, you know, the feminine aspect, right? But we live in this world that's been so dominated by a masculine paradigm. 
And if you want specific examples, like I was laughing when you asked me the question, because like there were so many times where we would look at each other and be like, why can't you just do it like this? Right. And it's like, like, I mean, to give you an example, like my husband is a machine. Like sometimes I wonder, I'm like, are you part human, part machine? Cause he can get so much done. He's the most, he's one of the most productive people on the planet. Literally. Like I, I can't even comprehend what he gets done a day. So sometimes he'll be like, well, I don't understand. Like, why didn't you get through your list of 384 things today? And I'm like, well, because I spent <laughs> a lot of time thinking about, you know, how can I change the world? What, like, what can I do to create systems change in education? But, you know, and so then boom, and then I get like this Eureka idea, you know, as an example, right? My children's book, boom, start this revolution based on a love-based education. Well, that wouldn't have happened if I, if I was in my to-do list, right? And I need that feminine space. And, you know, he, he kind of laughs. He's like, well, you tend to like, just take this time and create this space all the time. And he's kind of like, he kind of finds it amusing and, and strange in some ways, right? Because he sees that I operate so differently. But now like he's come to realize, wow, well, you know, that's what's necessary, you know, to let that energy in, to let those divine downloads come in. You know, that's my operating system, right? So we do, we have like fundamentally different operating systems. But to me, like I would say to couples, like, just honor that, honor the feminine and the masculine within each other. And, uh, you know, opposites attract, right? So if we were in relationship with the exact same person, it was exactly the same way, uh, we'd be bored. You know, we want that. We want that polarity and that difference, right? So for us, it's worked It's worked beautifully and, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> That's really great. You know, you guys, um, I can't help but think about Sophie and I's personal situation because it's almost exactly like what you said too. I have a task list. I have things that are driven. And sometimes I unfairly compare her to myself on what on the things that I would accomplish or try to accomplish. I completely agree that these opposites attract. And what you've been saying has been hitting really close to home because both Sophie and I have been in the situation before where it's like, Sophie's looking at me and saying, you are doing way too much. Like you need to calm down. Right. And I've been looking at Sophie and saying, well, like we need to pick up the pace here. We need to get done in the business. So, so, and it's, it's taken a lot of work to sit down and understand the differences and the way that you guys described it, it made it sound so easy, but I know that it takes a lot of talking. It takes a lot of communication and understanding your partner and also bringing in the empathy muscle, right? And really understand, put yourself in the other person's shoes to understand that this person doesn't think like you <laughs> and they're still going to get the job done. It just gets done in a different way. Yeah. And do you have any tips for those couples out there, maybe drawing from your guys' own experience, right? While you're building this coaching business up, for people out there to be able to recognize that in the other person and honor the other gifts that they all have. Is there any tips or anything that you would recommend to folks? For yeah, that? absolutely. I love the question again. And I, I think it goes back to the fact that in, and maybe the listeners know or don't know that I had the blessing to work with and for Tony Robbins for, you know, over half a decade as one of his, his top coaches. And he often talks about something called the six human needs and the six human needs are really what's driving all of us. So Sophie and Derek are driven by them and Lisa and Trevor are driven by them and the listeners driven by them. And I'll just run through all six because if you can identify which need you're trying to meet and what need your spouse is trying to meet, it can be a real game changer because the first one is that need for certainty, right? That's that need to really have an understanding of what's going on. But the polar opposite of that is need number two, which is uncertainty, also known as variety, right? Where some people just need a little bit more variety in their, their business or in their relationship or in watching sports or whatever it is. And that takes us to number three, which is significance. Oftentimes, someone's trying to feel unique or important or special. And so you want to be able to recognize that, right? Number four is a big one for couples, and that is connection or connection and love. You know, we're human beings and we both got to, you know, give and receive love if we want to feel, you know, like we're fulfilled. And that leads us to number five, which is growth, because we're like plants. If a, a plant isn't growing, ultimately, you know, what, what's happening to it? Well, it's dying. And we don't want our relationship to die. We don't even want it to survive, guys. We want it to thrive. And that leads to number six, which is contribution, right? Contribution. We got to get up every day and ask, how can I make the world a better place? How can I make my relationship better, my body better? 
you know, humanity better. So I think the secret sauce is we've been able to identify, you know, where each other is looking for certainty or variety or significance or connection or maybe growth and contribution. Because if we're able to play off of each other, I'm telling you that leads to an opportunity to have a life where your relationship is extremely fulfilling because you understand each other and what's driving each other. Does that make sense? It does. Incredible. Very well said. I, I was wondering, Lisa, if you have anything else that you wanted to add to that or if that was. Well yeah. Said. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, it's interesting because I, I do agree with, you know, with what Trevor's saying about the human needs. And, but I also, we re- we read a book a while back that was pretty life-changing actually at the time. And it was actually written by a group and it's called love and respect. And it's a fascinating idea around just really honoring and respecting each other, like love and like just being able to share. How can I say, like, if you're not filling each other's cup, right? Sometimes we get so busy and we forget that we're on the same team trying to accomplish something together. And for men, you know, the, the book kind of talks kind of more in a traditional sense of like man and woman and what man needs, what woman needs. But, you know, essentially it's like, you know, men want respect, right? So I know for Trevor, like he wants to feel that sense of respect in his work and he wants to feel appreciated for the hard work that he puts in, right? And for women, women, it's love. It's like, we want love, right? And And it's so interesting, like this weekend, I was like, high as a kite because I was so happy because I got my husband, his undivided attention for a whole weekend. We sat there for hours and hours and hours talking. And I was so happy because I was feeling so much love, right? Like it was just filling my cup, like beyond anything. And so it's such a proof. It's, it's, there's so much proof there that, you know, what we're really seeking at a deep level from each other in relationship is that love and respect. And if we can find ways to, you know, continue nurturing that within each other, right? So if I can keep, you know, reminding Trevor how much I respect him and his work and what he does and, uh, and vice versa. And then how do we create that conscious time where we're filling each other's cup and really like pouring love into each other? You know, I, I hope that that makes sense. I mean, that was, that was a, that was a game changing idea for us, you know, and it talks about, you know, are you in the love cycle or are you kind of in the crazy cycle where you're not on the same page and you're too busy and too stressed out? And, and we've all been there because it's, you know, there's, there's different cycles in life, right? Um, so the more you can kind of uh, cultivate that daily practice of what does your partner really need from you? What do they need to hear from you? And, you know, like, again, just like that quality time is so important, especially when you're raising a young family. So, um, you know, those are those are my my insights on on how to make it work. <laughs> now, I would I would also add to this, too, Lisa, that not only did you read it, but you guys were applying it. And that is a really important thing. Cause if you just read it and you sit down with your spouse and you say, well, man, I wish that they would do this. That's not going to work either. You you've got to have the open dialogue and have to know the right timing to be able to approach your spouse for the situation. Cause maybe if you want to have this conversation and your spouse is taking care of the kids and they've got two kids in tow and they're both screaming and they're trying to put them into the car to go to the grocery store or something, right? Like that's probably not the right time to, to have this conversation, but picking the right moment to, to be able to actually have the open dialogue and then having the courage to bring this up as well are things too, that I've got to give you guys credit for, for having. And that's something that um, couples can, can start to work on there too, to in, implement some of those techniques. So Thank you. Yeah. And, and so um, I know that we'll probably move into real estate and other aspects, but yeah. um, I'm just curious for, so 12 years ago, you guys met at a conference and, you know, for two individuals who are so self-actualized and have invested so much time in your growth and development, what did the courtship look like? And what was like your first date like? <laughs> it's kind it's of a, a whole story. Yeah. How much time do we have? So <laughs> and listeners. You know, I think it's very, very cool to understand that where there's something like personal growth or an interest in self-actualization or understanding really what drives us, that has been the foundation of everything that our relationship has ever been. So on the first date, it's almost like, you know, you're comparing yourself to each other in terms of what books have you read? What uh, gurus have you followed? And we don't believe in gurus. We think we're all our own individual guru. But it was amazing to see how her upbringing and her beliefs and her values and her rules, 
you know, we're on our first date and that was at this conference in, in San Diego and I wouldn't call it a date, but a, a beautiful dinner that then led, led to another breakfast and another lunch and another dinner and we became inseparable. And ultimately, you know what, that really led to us leaving the conference and even flying to each other to have another dinner. There was actually a funny story. Yeah, where, I have to share this one. Well, you go ahead. I now. have to share. It's the sweetest. It's the sweetest story. And and people don't know much about Trevor behind the scenes. Trevor, I'm going to expose it all right now. So he's, he's <laughs> the sweetest guy in the whole world. Like I met him at this conference. I was we were like joined at the hip. We pretty well needed matching track suits by the end of the week because people were looking at us like, okay, like it was just so obvious that we were just like, just totally besotted with each other. So I was living in Australia at the time and Trevor was in Vancouver and I was going home to Edmonton, which is our hometown. And I was going to visit my family because I, I, I worked in a technology startup and I was traveling around the world all the time. And so I was going to Edmonton and I said, you know, I'm going to be in Edmonton. Is there any chance that you might be there? Because I knew he had a business in Edmonton, even though he lived in Vancouver. So he's like, well, he goes, I might. He goes, I'll, I'll let you know. He goes, I'll let you know if I can make it down to Edmonton because I do, you know, I'm back and forth all the time. So I fly into Edmonton, I visit my family and he sends this message to me and he's like, he's like, so how long are you in town? How long are you there? And I said, oh, I'm only here for a short time. And every time I come back to Edmonton, it's like, bam, 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 schedule's full. Everybody wants to see me. Right. And uh, I said, but I might have some time on Tuesday night. He says, well, just, there might be a chance that I can be there this week. Right. And uh, I'll let you know. So he, he says, well, what, what might night might you be free? And I said, well, probably Tuesday night. And he goes, okay, I'll see if I can make it work. So he calls me back, I don't know, the next day. And he's like, yeah, I can, I can do it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be flying in. You know, we've got a lot of stuff to take care of. He goes, I'll fly in. We'll take you, you know, we'll go for dinner. And, you know, again, beautiful, romantic dinner. It was so sweet. Little did I know he didn't have any business in Edmonton. So he literally flew in just to take me out for dinner. He didn't tell me that until a year later. And uh, so I I flew back to Australia. I was like, wow, how cool is that? Trevor had business and he was able to see me, you know? And then we had this amazing long distance relationship for a year. And, you know, that's another part two of the story, which will take longer to to tell. But long story short, we had a year relationship uh, where we were just virtual and I would get these beautiful flowers all the time. And it was the ultimate courtship. It was just virtual. And then Trevor flew to Australia And uh, the rest is history. Basically, we were like, okay, this is it. We had a beautiful, incredible, magical week in Australia. And then I decided that I was going to move back to be with him. And, uh, and that was it. So it was, it was incredible. Wow. Very cool. You guys for sharing that. Yeah. Incredible story. Now, I don't mean to shift gears here because I definitely think it's a beautiful story and, and I do want to honor that as well. But I also want to turn the attention back to the listeners, right, who are also listening along and they're probably wondering to themselves, man, you know, Trevor and Lisa have accomplished so much and they're so intentional about what they're doing. What I want to talk about now is you both had corporate jobs, right? But as you were doing all of this work in this, in the the self-development. Can you guys each talk to us a little bit about the transition away from corporate work to stepping away and now doing what you do today? Um, Whether that was recent or a long time ago, I'd really like to explore that a little bit more because this show is about entrepreneurship and couples working together. And I think that we'll be able to kind of touch on all the gamuts by addressing this one here too. Well, absolutely. And it's it's a fascinating story for you and the listener, because I think that for a lot of us, we go to college or university, we end up, you know, going to work for some corporation or some business, and we get enamored with the paycheck and the steadiness of it. And we get into this grind where, you know, we go through our early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, early 30s, and and that's called life. And along that way, you, you get the house and you get the car and now you got payments and all that. And what was really fascinating is I think we're cut from an entrepreneurial cloth. Like I believe that we are not just here to work for a business. And, you know, as I looked around at other people who were successful, I saw that they were investing in real estate or they had a second side hustle or they were doing something entrepreneurial. And that's really what, you know, I started to do. I started to think about, well, how can I continue to work my, you know, W-2 job, my corporate job? but start part-time taking a look at this thing called real estate because I really didn't know too much about it. And that led me down the path to really hiring a coach, 
finding a mentor, taking that, you know, entrepreneurial plunge and, and buying our first property. And that was a scary experience because Vancouver was fairly expensive, right? But I did it and that led to some appreciation where then I bought another property. So I bought one little condo and I, then I bought a townhouse and then I started to really get my feet wet part-time in real estate where then I went out and bought my first duplex. And guys, that's when I discovered what cash flow was. I mean, if you ever discover cash flow, it's an amazing thing. And then I went out there and bought another duplex and then another fourplex and another one. And slowly but surely, I was building my real estate portfolio. And it was an amazing thing to where I knew one day, you know, I didn't want to necessarily just work in corporate. I wanted to do real estate as well. But here's where the story gets really funny is, people started to come to me and say, Trevor, how are you doing this? How are you buying condos and townhouses and duplexes and fourplexes? And as I opened up the kimono and showed them how I was doing it, you know, and this was my son's baseball coach or my other son's soccer coach, they took what I was doing in real estate and the coaching I gave them and they went out there and bought their first rental property. And within six months, they had two. Within a year, they had three. And they started to set themselves up for a financial future and financial success. And then that's really when I think other people started coming to me and the coaching bug bit. And next thing you know, I'm coaching people on how not just to buy real estate, but how to really, you know, do it on a part-time basis where it literally could become their full-time gig. And that's really how it all got started. Before we ask Lisa how it started for her too, I have to comment here that this sounds so familiar to me where... I was doing this stuff all on the side, just like you. And then I had people coming to me to, to say, hey, how, does, how are you doing all this? And there's this backdrop of personal development that went through the whole process. As a matter of fact, that's kind of where like the, the hockey stick started. And for a very long time, it, it seems flat, like in terms of progress, your external progress that you're making. But I encourage the listeners to give yourself more credit that when you start on the personal development journey, that you're actually making leaps and bounds. And if you can improve 1% a day or even 0.1% or 0.5% per day over the course of a year, you're a whole new person by the time the year is over. And Sophie was that catalyst for me because she would introduce me to all of that. And that backdrop helped me discover why, you know, how we can start to build our own income on the side. And so I just have to comment that it really hits home for me about a lot more things than I thought what you guys are talking about, both in your marriage and also in your personal development and your, your side hustle story, Trevor. So I just had to say that. Yeah, I love it. And I think that's why you and I hit it off. And I think why Sophie and Lisa are, are you know, similar as well, because Sophie's background and what she's done in medicine and all of that, and what Lisa's done in corporate, all of that stuff leads you somewhere to where I think, you know, we're all entrepreneurs at heart, guys, because yeah. if we go back just a couple hundred years, people were farmers or butchers or bakers, or they were blacksmiths and put shoes on horses. It wasn't until the Industrial Revolution that everyone ended up going to work in factories and offices. And I think there's a, a beautiful return to entrepreneurship, you know, just by having you share your stories and us sharing ours that the listener can then, you know, remember, they can be at choice, they can be at cause. You know, there's not just one way to live a life working for the man until you're 65 and retiring yeah. and, you know, then living large. But I'm telling you, entrepreneurship is alive and well, and we're really, really glad we've gone down that path. Thank you, guys. Lisa, what about you? How about your escape story? Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified. If it weren't for him, I never would have done it. I'll, I will uh -huh. say that I give Trevor full credit just for being such an amazing support because you know, I, I'm sure some of the listeners can relate to this. When you get to that level of achievement, your financial and your status and all of it. Uh, and I was like, wait a minute, like, I, I, I'm not even really a money kind of person. Like I don't consider myself like very materially or financially driven, but in my mind, I was like, wait a minute, I make more money than both of my parents put together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. We didn't have a lot. And so the idea of just like going on a free fall, without that paycheck was terrifying to me, you know? So the security aspect was huge, but my burning desire inside was that I wanted to make a meaningful difference. And I felt like even at the level that I was at, I wasn't making the difference in my mind that I thought I could make. So I was very driven by, I wanted to do something meaningful. So that just like, that was, that was the driving force. And 
you know, and it still is to this day. Like I'm very passionate about writing things down in your journal because it's amazing what happens, right? Like what that big picture thinking, like I was just actually sharing with Trevor that Elon Musk is now officially the richest man in history. Okay. Now, what I love about that is not just that he's amassed a fortune, but how his mind was thinking that contributed to that. Elon Musk, I, I quote, did never said to himself, how can I be a billionaire? He didn't say that. He said, how can I, how can I rid the world of a fossil fuel dependency? How can I accelerate the advent of renewable energy and sustainable, you know, sustainable energy, right? He's completely catalyzed an entire industry. Now he's doing it in space. That to me is like incredible. It was that level of thinking, right? So, and I said to Trevor, like years ago, I said to him, I said, I don't want money to get in the way of doing the things that were that I meant to do in this lifetime. Like I, I, I set an intention. I was like, I want to have financial freedom, not just for myself. So I could like have, you know, a wardrobe full of handbags and shoes. Cause I don't even have that. Um, but for me, it was like, I don't want to have to pay my cell phone bill. I don't want to have to worry about mortgage expenses. Um, like I, I wanted that to be taken care of. That was in my mind. Cause I was like, I don't want my, I want my mind to be used in service to the work that I meant to do in this lifetime. So that's kind of been my mindset for a long time. So I saw real estate as, as one of the vehicles to do that. And for me, I've started so many different types of businesses and I work with so many different types of entrepreneurs and companies now that for me, like my personal value system is driven by, you know, is this good for people and the planet? And to me, real estate is good for people and the planet. I think real estate can get better, of course, with, you know, sustainable design and architecture, right? There's always ways to make it better, but it, it's good for people in the planet in the sense of providing, you know, shelter for, for humans, essentially, right? So for me, it's, it's a vehicle to, uh, to create change, you know, and, and so that's, that's kind of where I'm driven by it. Um, but I, you know, as Trevor will say, I'm not, I'm not so much in the mechanics of the real estate investing world. It's just that I see it as a great vehicle for creating that. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful because, uh, I do get to focus my brain power, my energy on my work. And I don't have to think about expenses. And I mean, of course they're there, but I'm saying like, that's not my, my main focus anymore. Right. Whereas it, it really is for a lot of years for, for most of us. Right. It's like, you gotta be thinking about that all the time. Yes, absolutely. Bring back what you were both speaking about earlier in terms of the masculine feminine within the relationship, within the marriage, but the masculine and feminine, what I'm hearing, Lisa, is within yourself as well. And just to segue a little bit for our female listeners, because often I, I like to say that our listeners are probably dragged in by their husbands or just beginning, you know, couples beginning this whole investment journey. And oftentimes maybe women can feel a little bit intimidated in the space, maybe due to preconceived notions about it may be a male dominated space. Can you guys both speak to that for um, maybe for listeners, for female listeners specifically, who, who may feel that way without realizing it? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I've always sort of felt that, you know, I've always worked in male dominated industries and I've always been secretly I, I get a kick out of really challenging, you know, like, and, you know, I get in the big boys club, like in the corporate office. And I was like, Hey guys, how's it going? You know, like I was always just not, a, you know, like I wanted to own my own power and it's been a journey to, for me to realize my own power. Right. But I would say like, my, my advice is like, yeah, just own your power, right. Set your intention and just get clear on, you know, what's your, why, what is your, why behind the real estate? Right. Because for the feminine, I will say, you know, for, for us as women, I think we genuinely, we want to heal the world. Like we want to heal the world. We want to make the world a better place. Like that's the feminine that we want to heal the planet. We want to love our children, love our families. Like there's such a healing quality to the feminine. So it's like, how can you use that in service, right? Like how can that be your driving force behind the real estate? And then it's irrelevant who's running the show in real estate because your why is so strong. And I'm, I'm coming up against that in, in the publishing industry for books, right? And, and again, it's just like, I'm so married to my mission and my why. So I'm just going to keep going against all odds, you know, just because that fire inside is so strong about wanting to make a meaningful difference. So, you know, I would say, I, I, I'm not saying it was easy for me to just accept these male dominated industries and not be intimidated by it. But I, I think it's, you just want to keep cultivating that inner power and just 
just know that, you know, anything is possible. Trevor has hundreds of examples of women that are really successful in real estate, hundreds of examples, right? I mean, there, there's women out there all over the world that have been very successful in real estate. So you just got to find those examples. Well, I love what she said. And I think for me, I can even simplify it because again, you know, there's nothing really new about real estate, guys. If you think about it, it's about finding a property, a good property in a good location with some potential and some good numbers and metrics, and then going out there and buying the property, improving the property, either rehabbing it, renting it, flipping it, wholesaling it. So it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you know, because I really talk about three things. And the first thing I talk about is skill set right? Do you have a skill set to go look for a real estate deal? Whether you're a man or a woman, I bet we all could, right? Do you have the ability to run some numbers or underwrite it? Could you put in an offer on it? Could you find a bank that will lend you the money or a private investor? So I oftentimes think that women have tremendous skill sets, just like men do, to go out there and do this thing called real estate. So the second thing I look for is what's called mindset. So once you've got a certain skill set, you got to check in with your mindset. Do you have a belief that you can do it? Have you seen other powerful women do it? Like Lisa, you know, kind of alluded to. And I have a absolute unbelievable client list of women all over the United States and all over the world for that matter that have gone out there and absolutely crushed it with this beautiful thing called real estate. Because once you have that skill set and you've got that mindset, I believe you got to check in with this. And that's number three. And that's your heart set right? Heart set is really, do you come alive when you want to go out there and do something? Are you passionate about it? Are you hungry to go do it? Does the universe, instead of you having to go find deals, bring deals to you because your heart is so full because vehicle, you know, real estate's a vehicle that can literally do what Lisa said, make the world a better place, give family shelter. This is where people are going to enjoy their Thanksgivings and their Christmases and their birthday parties. So I really do believe that if you are a powerful woman who believes in that trifecta of skill set, mindset, heart set, that you too can go out there and have an unbelievable journey in real estate. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And, 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 you know, in many respects, and I've told Sophie this, that women are actually better naturally equipped to be able to do the real estate investing world successfully than men are because, and, and, and here's why, and, and I, you know, I, I don't like to call out individual groups, but I would say that women intuit easier than men do. They're able to pick up right away whether or not this person is either telling the truth or is in alignment with their values or their own values, the own person that's talking. And they also can multitask and they can develop trust and rapport easily. And all of those things, Trevor and Lisa and Sophie, are essential for real estate investing, especially if you're investing at the level, the high level that we are, which is being part of a team, right? And so if you're in the part of a wrong team, or if you're working with the wrong operator, that can all be prevented by having someone at the helm, like a woman or a, a, a man that's developed those skills to be able to perceive and look for red flags and things like that. So again, I just wanted to double down. Yeah, on, no, on thank that. you. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because at the end of the day, of course, you know, men, women, there is the barrier to entry is pretty much an illusion. And like you said, Trevor, the skill set, the mindset, the heart set, I love that so much. And I, I really definitely want to emphasize and highlight that for our listeners. And um, it's, again, a conversation that needs to be had. And I'm so happy that, you know, we to bring it out. Yes. So I'm, I'm very sad that we're going to have to wrap this conversation up very soon, but I wanted to get one more question in before we head into our rapid round, which is the same five questions we ask everyone. And this is for each of you. So you guys are high achievers in the space. Um, that you're in, both in real estate investing and in personal development and in entrepreneurship. You guys are very high achievers. We can tell by the way that you talk and uh, just the way your reputation, it's, it's, it's impressive. Can you talk to a little bit about what superpower you guys may have leveraged throughout your years to get you to where you are right now? Wow. Well, if, you know, I'll go first. For me, it's really, really, you know, transitioning from that guy that used to talk a lot to a guy that really listened a lot. Because again, it's that old adage, God gave us two ears and, and one mouth. And, you know, I really do believe that I used to think that, you know, what I 
knew a lot more than I did. But when I checked my ego and put that aside and really surrounded myself with the right people, the right coaches, the right teachers, mentors, trainers, facilitators, I'm telling you, the whole world shifted because, you know, I started to see things from other vantage points. I started to see through different perspectives. And I think that I've got to give my coaches a shout out because they're the ones that helped me to turn what I call decades into days, right? I didn't have to go out there for 10 years and try to figure this real estate out. I really, you know, harnessed the superpower of listening, reading, podcasts, audiobooks, going to events and meetups. I mean, just like you guys, to really be able to then take that information and like you said, Derek, go out there and apply it, right? Because the information isn't what's valuable. It's the application of the information that's important. Otherwise, if it was just the information alone, every librarian in the U.S. would be a multimillionaire and they're not, right? So my superpower has really been using these two things on the side of my head. Oh, man. Good answer. Lisa, I'm sorry you have to follow that, but yeah. <laughs> well, he, you know, guru here, I mean, 30,000 hours of coaching plus plus, I don't even know how much he's done now. It's just like mastery level. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, I think my superpower or the thing that got me to continuing to go is just the idea that anything is possible. And actually um, this sounds a little cliche, but like manifestation, right? Like, like actually what I realized was, you know, in my twenties, I'd achieved everything I ever wanted because I set that goal and I just did it. I didn't, that was before this language about manifestation. And now I'm honestly moved to tears about what manifestation can really do if you take the limits off what's possible, right? So I'll give you two quick examples. So uh, Trevor and I would go back and forth between Australia. That was always my dream that we would have an endless summer. So for the last five years before COVID, we would go back and forth between Canada and Australia every year. And we stayed in this gorgeous home that was overlooking a literally a rainforest, like a world heritage listed rainforest setting. And when we were there, we said to ourselves, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing for us to have our a home with an ocean view in Canada, which is kind of unheard of unless you are a squillionaire, you know, especially in Vancouver, right? And so, but we had this idea, we're like, okay, so we wrote it down. We're like, we want to, we'd love to live in a home that's ocean view, elevated up high, overlooking nature. Bam, six months later, we're living in the house, right? So that was like beyond my wildest dreams. And, you know, I'm not attached to it. We're not like, how can I say, like, we're attached to the idea of having a gorgeous view and like elevated. We're not, you know, luxury and all that, whatever, but it's it's about having a nice view because then it, it's inspiring you every day, right? So that was the first thing. And then when my son came along and I was in this liminal phase of like, what's next, right? What am I meant to do next? And I started to write in my journal, how can I make a difference in my son's generation? How can I impact, positively impact my son's generation and future generations? I started thinking about this idea of becoming a good ancestor and doing work that would impact future generations. And I started thinking about the education system and I was like, okay. And I'd write like, how can I make change in education? And then little did I know, like this, I, I had this Eureka idea, like it just came to me one day, I was like, wait a minute, we spend so much time in, in our education system focused on IQ, right? We're talking about like grades and achievement and knowledge, but what about EQ and the heart, which to me is the most important education. So, you know, this little book came along, right? A new alphabet for humanity. And the whole intention behind me writing the book was not that I wanted to become a children's author, but I genuinely wanted to change the world. And, and this was like a culmination of that idea of how can I create something that will impact future generations? And I'll try and say this without crying, but like, it's been the most rewarding work I've ever done because I get people that write to me and they say, Lisa, this book will be handed down in generations to my kids and my grandkids. And I'm just like, never in a million years could I have thought that I would have created something that would be that intergenerational thing that was so meaningful to a family, you know? And, uh, and, and so for me, it's, it's not even about me because I truly believe like it kind of came through me, this idea. Um, but it's proven to me what is actually possible when you think big, when you go, how big can I go with my vision, my mission? You know, like I've had people say this book belongs in every school and every home and every classroom around the world. And now like this is starting to happen, right? Like the schools are buying the book and they're implementing it in their curriculum. And I'm just like, 
never in a million years did I ever think that that could happen. So my superpower, my high, high, high recommendation to the audience listening is unlimit your thinking. Like how big do you want to go? Right. And, and beyond the idea of just being a billionaire, like, okay, that's fine. But like, like how big can you go with like the change that you want to make in the world and, and get that journal and start writing down what it is that you want to create. And, and just do it, just write it with like, I call it like the abracadabra journal, like write, get a journal that's like, boom, everything I write in this journal is going to come true. And okay. then just have that level of certainty. And, and that's, that's all you need to do. Yeah. That's, oh, that's incredible. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you. I cannot <laughs> you wait sharing. to get your book. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Okay, well, yeah, that's, send your copy. that's incredible. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of what you talked about with um, with Elon Musk about how his vision was not to make a trillion dollars or become the most uh, you know wealthy person on the planet. It's to help humanity out, and I think you've found your calling and what you're what you're supposed to be doing. So it's I think that's beautiful, completely in alignment with who you are. And now life is easy because you've done the work to identify what that is. So congratulations, very good stuff. Thank you so, so much. Yes. So you guys, um, I think, you know, again, we could, we could continue to talk all day and, and I hope that we do get a chance to do that in person. That would be incredible. But uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to our rapid round, which is five questions that we ask every one of our guests. And they're meant to be answered in a quick 30 second format. And it's for each of you, unless the question implies it's together. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to alternate. And uh, Sophie will read the first question. I'll read the next one. So yeah. you ready? Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. So first question is, what book has had the biggest impact on you and why? Well, that's an easy one for me. And, and my Bible, honestly, has been Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I mean, I've read it 50 times. Um, I listen to the audio book in our vehicle. My kids can recite passages from it. <laughs> and, you know, I think what's really cool about that book is, he says that the secret to the book will be revealed throughout the book. Well, spoiler alert, it's really revealed in the title. It's called Think and Grow Rich. He didn't write the book Do and Grow Rich because the thinking comes before the doing. And as I've read that book and applied the principles in it, um, you know, my life and my clients' lives, our family, our neighbors, our community, the world, I think has been better because it's all about expansion rather than contraction. So for me, it's Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, one of one of the uh, best books I ever read, uh, it's called Clean Money Revolution. And it's this whole idea, uh, just really quickly, the idea is that a lot of the world has been built on the backs of exploitation, extraction, like they call it, you know, like dirty money, essentially, right? Like you look at a lot of industries that exist that are starting to phase out, you know, it was made in a way that was not for people and the planet. And Clean Money Revolution is a book that proposes a future where we we create the, the greatest wealth transfer is actually happening right now, right? It's happening like the baby boomers to the millennials to, you know, cryptocurrency, financial system change. So the, the premise behind the book is how do we take that money that was kind of dirty and how do we make it clean? How do we use that money in service to regenerating the world essentially and, and creating a world that works for everybody. And I know for me, like that's the thing that I get lit up about. It's like, how can you do your little piece to create a world that works for everyone? And we all need money to do that. So that book is kind of like that. This is kind of like, how do you do it? This is how you do it, you know? So, so that's been, that's one of my guiding, guiding forces. And uh, yeah, book I highly recommend. It's written by a guy named Joel Solomon. Great. Thank you so much. We'll link to that in the notes. Number two, if people wanted to emulate your success, what is the first actionable thing they could do to follow in your footsteps? Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, get educated, right? Listen to great podcasts like yours. Read books, go to events, immerse yourself with other people that are already doing what it is you want to do, right? Because success leaves clues. And that's a very simple one. Very love it. Yeah, I think take time out of your your busy life to really design your life. You know, I think some people just spend way too much time being busy and they don't have a clear plan or a clear path. And people, like they say, people spend more time planning a holiday than they do their lives. I think if you don't intentionally design your life, your life will be run by default. So I say, you know, you got to take the time out to do that. And that's, that's a part-time job in my mind. Like you've got to spend time on that all the time, you know, like it's, it's a continuous refinement. A hundred percent. Yeah. Excellent. 
And Trevor and Lisa, what small thing do most people not know about you guys? Oh, wow. Well, let's see. Uh, that's a tough one. I guess people don't know that we are avid travelers. Um, we are like you guys who have literally worked very hard to get to a place where we don't want to be in one place at one time forever. We want to travel to Italy and we have. We want to travel to Hong Kong and we have. Australia, Costa Rica, you know, we'll, we'll zip to New York or we'll zip to San Diego. Uh, we really believe in, you know, the freedom of having financial freedom, time freedom, and what's called geographical freedom. And I'm telling you, uh, we get lit up when we go to other places meet other people, eat other foods and see other cultures. And we really do believe it's the spice of life. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's one thing. I think another thing that I, I mean, I, I know I'm personally very passionate about this. Um, we're, we're not like status kind of people, right? Like we don't like, we don't have like flashy luxury Louis Vuitton handbag or this brand name or that, like, we're just not into that, you know? And like, to me, I'd way rather support impact companies, like companies that are making a difference in the world than support a luxury brand. And the same goes for travel. We don't travel so that we can like take a picture of us, like a selfie in a private jet with a champagne glass. Like that, that is like not us at all. We want to travel so that we keep ourselves in a constant state of inspiration and also like connection to humanity, right? Like we love, like I would say, like, you know, you get on a subway in New York and you see all different types of people. Like that's why I love to travel is like I it makes me feel connected to humans and that's what I miss you know that we're obviously not traveling a lot right now um so for us yeah we're just we're just like not status people like we don't have anything to prove to anybody we don't want to flash our wares like we want to just live a good life and and make a big difference and and it's kind of like that simple great number four how do you guys like to unwind and restore your creative juices individually well, for me, I'm, I'm a big sports guy. I love hockey. I mean, if you're Canadian, you're kind of born on stage. <laughs> so I like to just kind of kick back and watch hockey. I'll, I'll, I'll play sports as well, uh, skiing or play golf. I'm a big golfer. I love getting out into nature. So my reset button is usually doing something in nature or something sports related where I'm moving my body and maybe relaxing my mind. Cool. And I'm not a sports person at all, so I don't often join him in those things. Although I feel sorry for him because sometimes he might want me to sit there and watch sports. Yeah. With him. Uh, I like I like to read. I I just like to you know like I I'm probably a geeky intellect. Like I like to read a good book or listen to a good a good audio book. I've been a little obsessed right now with like walking the beach. And like I used to just go for like. 20 minutes now I'm like going for like two hours and I walk back and Ooh. forth and I just get so inspired when I'm in movement and I just like I'm listening to something so I'd say yeah like just something that energizes the mind for me is is actually a way to relax and that's my way of slowing down excellent <laughs> awesome and then last question is what's your favorite family vacation spot well that's, that's an not, easy one that's easy. yeah we literally love Byron Bay Australia so Byron Bay is a little beach town between Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, it's our happy place. It's our favorite place. We got married on the beach there. We have great friends there. And so we've been blessed to travel to a lot of different places, but we really feel at home when we're in Byron Bay, Australia. That's amazing, you guys. Love how you're both in alignment. You knew it right away. That's awesome. Well. Trevor, Lisa, it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you both on the show. But before we go, can you give the listeners in the audience uh, a little bit more information about how they can reach out to both of you, either online or through email or whatever, however you'd like them to, to find out more about you? Well, first off, I want to thank both of you for having us on thank your you. show. Um, you know, we've watched some other, you know, episodes and you've had some phenomenal guests it's great to see men and women and husband and wives from all walks of life coming out. So huge props to you two for a job well done. Great. And for Thank folks you. who want to connect with us, um, the best way to do it is to, you know, find us on social media, Facebook or LinkedIn's probably easy. Or for me, they can go to trevormcgregor.com. That's my website, T-R-E-V-O-R-M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, trevormcgregor.com. And for people that want to find Lisa or find her amazing book, I'll let her share. Yeah, you can just 
just, uh, I mean, my website is, um, it's called Alphabet for Humanity. So that's where the book is found. Or my personal site is just Lisa McGregor and it's Lisa with two E's. So L-E-E-S-A, M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R. And I've got uh, more of my work on there and my manifesto for the future. And so, yeah, love to connect with you. That's excellent. And thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We are going to link to all of those places that you mentioned um, online inside the uh, show notes. And for you listeners who have made it all the way to the end of this incredible content, we want to thank you as well. And if you want to hear more from fantastic guests like Lisa and Trevor, please engage with us, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening or watching to this content. And uh, we definitely want to hear more from you to be able to deliver more content that's uh, in line with adding value and, and uplifting the energy of the, of the universe. And Trevor, Lisa, thanks again for coming on. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank it's you so much. It's been wonderful to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. This is Derek. And this is Sophie. We are signing off. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>